I'm Dr. Sterling. I'm a board-certified OBGYN and mom. Welcome to the Becoming Moms podcast, where I give you the step-by-step to optimizing your physical and emotional wellness in pregnancy so you can create a nourishing environment for your baby, your family, and yourself. The information shared in this podcast is intended for general education purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard in this podcast. All right, lovelies, let's dive in to this week's episode. You are listening to a bonus episode of Becoming Moms. And not just that, you are listening to my pregnancy diary. At the beginning of my third and likely last pregnancy, I decided to document the experience and I have not held anything back. I talk about my fears, my emotions, how I'm feeling and coping. It's about to get real. All right, I am 31 weeks pregnant. Hard to believe. 31 weeks pregnant in this installment of my pregnancy diary, I want to talk about pubic symphysis discomfort and breech presentation. So let's talk about the pubic symphysis. So your uh, pelvis is actually not just one bone, it's multiple bones. And in the front of your pelvis, the two sides of um, your pelvic bones come together in an area called the pubic symphysis. And it's, it's cartilage, it's not bone, um, but they come together. And when you're not pregnant, if you are um, a man, there is really very little movement at that joint. It is considered a joint, but it's not like your elbow or your shoulder where it's designed to move, okay? The pubic symphysis is more or less a very stationary joint, uh, you know, coming together of two different bones. In pregnancy, that uh, space, the pubic symphysis widens. And, you know, it's not hard to think of a, some good reasons for that, right? We want our pelvis to be a little bit wider as, um, to allow baby to grow and also to give birth vaginally. So the pubic symphysis, um, because of the hormones of pregnancy, relaxes a little bit and gets a little bit wider. Because it has gotten wider and it relaxes a little bit, there's a little bit more movement in that joint, that joint that normally has really no movement. And when you move a joint that's not really supposed to move, it can be uncomfortable and painful. Even just the sensation of it spreading can be uncomfortable and painful. So. The most important thing to keep in mind with your pubic symphysis discomfort is it's going to be exacerbated when you move one leg and keep, you know, separately from the other one, okay? Because again, your pelvis is two, and it's, you know, that symphysis is two bones coming together. So if you move one leg, you're going to move one side of your pelvis while the other one stays stationary. If you're moving both at the same time in a different direction, you can put some stress on that joint. So moving your legs together when, you know, as much as possible can help. This is why when you're trying to get dressed, if you have some pubic symphysis pain or discomfort, that's why that can really be difficult and exacerbate it, getting out of a car. We have a really wonderful, wonderful um, class 
InsideSterlingParents.com from Dr. Anna Grant. She's a doctor of physical therapy and she's a specialist in um, uh, pelvic physical therapy and pregnancy. And she has many, many more tips um, about dealing with these different aches and pains and movement and exercise and all of that. So if you are a member of SterlingParents.com and you're experiencing that, please go watch that video. She has so many tips and so many tips that have really helped me personally. So I know that they work. But essentially when you're moving and you have going to want to keep your legs together as much as possible and try to move your pelvis as a unit. Okay. Um, but it is, it can be, you know, it's hard to remember and it's hard to get dressed and keep your legs together. It's a struggle. Um, and at any point, you know, you are, you know, you're trying the tips. It's not working. It's getting worse. Always, always talk to your provider, y'all, about this stuff. And it is totally reasonable if you're having um, a lot of, you know, mus muscle pain or or joint pain in your hips or in your pubic symphysis or in your um, sacroiliac joint, which is <laughs> almost knocked over my table here, which is um, in your back on the back side of your pelvis. Um, is you can always request. Um, a referral to physical therapy. In fact, um, in some states, in the United States, you don't even have to have a referral. You can direct refer to physical therapy. So talk to your insurance, talk to your provider about that because um, OBGYNs are really good at being able to differentiate, okay, what is, um, you know, what is pain, um, pelvic pain that we're concerned about? Is this preterm labor or, um, you know, round ligament pain, or is this musculoskeletal pain? We're pretty good at making sure that this isn't some kind of what we call obstetric emergency, like there's something wrong with the pregnancy that we need to deal with. But in terms of these tips for movement and exercises, it's really going to be the physical therapists that are the experts on that. Okay, let's pause. Many of us enter our reproductive journeys already pretty stressed and busy. And then you add pregnancy or trying to conceive to the mix and life gets even more overwhelming. Now is the time to make stress reduction a priority. Not only does reducing stress before or during pregnancy decrease your chances of many pregnancy complications, it also may improve long-term health outcomes for your baby. Take a step today and head over to thebestpregnancyclass.com to register for my free class, Four Ways to Make Your Pregnancy easier and healthier. You and your baby won't regret it. Again, head over to thebestpregnancyclass.com to register for this free prenatal class. The reason why we're talking about pubic symphysis discomfort is because that's something that um, I have been experiencing this pregnancy way earlier and way more than with my other pregnancies. It's very interesting. This is my third pregnancy. It's not actually that surprising because you can imagine this, um, the, my pubic symphysis has, has separated for two different pregnancies. My last baby was pretty large at 10 pounds. And so it's possible that, you know, it never really came all the way back together. And so that this pregnancy, it's just like, you know, we're talking about a millimeter or two that could potentially make a difference in why I'm more symptomatic and earlier on. The interesting thing is, is that for most of my pregnancy, baby has been breech and then baby flipped to head down a few weeks ago. And that is when I, I knew that 
that had happened because I started feeling, I saw the contour of my, my belly change. So I started to see that, um, in my like lower part of my abdomen, that was more pronounced. So that space has had kind of filled in. I noticed I started having pubic symphysis discomfort kind of one day out of nowhere. It wasn't gradual. It just happened. And, um, I also started feeling kicks instead of feeling kicks down below on my cervix and on my, my bladder. I started feeling kicks up here and less movement down below. Um, and so I was like, okay, great. You know, baby has, um, moved into the right position. Fantastic. And then, uh, let's see, maybe a week ago when I was 30 weeks, um, he flipped again. So now he's, now he's breech. And I knew, know that because one, I can feel his head up here, really firm, um, noggin <laughs> right up here. And then I started feeling the kicks, um, on my cervix and on my bladder again, and the pubic symphysis discomfort and really all of, a lot of the aches and pains that I was having in my pelvis, um, improved, which honestly has been a nice respite, but now, it's, you know, we're breech, 31 weeks, okay, you start thinking what's going to happen. So here's what I will say. Um, Celeste did this, my first baby did this, uh, was head down, like she was head down almost her whole, my whole pregnancy, and then at 30 weeks just flipped and w flipped for a week. And oh my goodness, did it stress me out. I was... You know, I just, the idea of having a C, basically I was just really afraid of having a C-section and I had really wanted to have a low intervention unmedicated birth. And, um, I can remember I was sitting at, um, a dinner and I could feel her head and I was trying to kind of like push her head down and encourage her to go down. And I wasn't really consciously thinking about what I was doing, but then um, for a few hours, I was having a hard time. Like I was feeling movement, but not as much as normal. And then I freaked out and I was like, oh my gosh, what did I do? I shouldn't have been pushing. That was really silly of me. And, um, you know, she, she ended up being fine. She ended up starting move, started to move and everything was okay, but it was definitely like, okay, just relax, Christine. <laughs> Worst case scenario you know, she doesn't flip and you do all the things and you have a C-section. But that was really, really hard for me to wrap my head around with that first pregnancy because I was really um, very focused on this birth experience that I wanted. And the interesting thing is, um, you know, with my third pregnancy, I, first of all, I'm not surprised that he's flipping back and forth because I can, my uterus feels different than it did in my last two pregnancies. Um, it, it's very soft and we know that as the more babies you have and the bigger your babies and the bigger your pregnancies, whether you have multiples or you have a lot of fluid or your babies themselves are big, the more kind of babies you have and the, the more volume that you at any point contain in your uterus, it does stretch out and kind of soften your uterus. Um, and my uterus feels much softer and much, I think that baby is able to, to move a lot more than previously. So, um, so yeah, I'm not really surprised, um, that, that he's breech and right now I'm not going to do anything differently to try to encourage him. Truthfully, I think that I've proven that my pelvis is quite roomy. 
Um, I don't think that this is, you know, sometimes we think, oh, well, maybe if you open your pelvis a little bit and it will kind of invite baby to, to go head down. I don't think that's the problem here. I think the issue is my uterus is really soft. So, and it's, it, it's, you know, allows, allows him freedom of movement. We also see this with people who have a lot of fluid. So if you if your fluid is on the upper end of normal or you have something called polyhydramnios where you have a little bit more than the average amount of fluid, um, again, freedom of movement for baby to flip back and forth. And so um, my fluid is about normal, but I think that definitely having this being my third pregnancy and having had a larger babies that uterus is just more malleable and he's more able to move around in there. So I'm not going to do anything differently. And I think um, what I have come to in my third pregnancy is obviously I want to have a vaginal delivery. I've had two vaginal deliveries um, and they went well and, you know, minimal complications. But I also, at this point, I'm just, I am okay with a, a cesarean birth if that's what needs to happen. I'm not afraid of it. There are some increased risks with belly birth, and so it's not something that I would, if I didn't, if this baby wasn't breech, I wouldn't necessarily elect to have um, a, a belly birth without an indication. But it really does feel good to just say, you know what, I'm not gonna put a ton of pressure on myself to, to um, make this baby flip. And that's what I felt with my first pregnancy, is like, I, it's my responsibility. And that doesn't mean I don't think that people shouldn't, um, do things to help encourage babies flip to um, head down. If we get to, you know, to term and baby is still breech, I will certainly try an external cephalic version. That's when they actually push on your belly and try to move baby down. Um, I will certainly try that, but I also, I'm just not going to put too much pressure on myself in the meantime. And uh, we have a lot of information on sterlingparents.com about what you can do, the different methods, um, for helping to encourage baby to turn down. We have, you know, discussion of some of the traditional Chinese medicine techniques and chiropractic techniques and, um, you know, different positioning that, that can help encourage baby. Talk about the data on these different methods, as well as deep dive into what is external cephalic version? Who is it right for? What are the risks? What are the benefits? What's, what are the chances that it, that it works? So um, yeah, if you're a member of sterlingparents.com and you want to learn more about breach position and, and your options, definitely go into the member site and check out the, we have the breach fact sheet and the um, external cephalic version fact sheet. So there's lots of information there. All right, I hope that this, um, this entry has been enlightening for you. And uh, until next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Becoming Moms. If you are looking for more support from me during your pregnancy journey, head over to sterlingparents.com to learn more about our membership. The Sterling Parents membership now comes with a private Instagram account where members can send me direct messages 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Pregnancy is hard. You deserve support. Head over to sterlingparents.com to get the best support available for your pregnancy.